Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galanti, along with Dustin Hawkinsmith. Dustin, a week ago, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, all we could talk about was, you know what? On the recruiting front, zero wide receivers. Boy, did that change in a hurry. Man, how about that? And I mean, this tend to, this sort of thing does tend to happen, though, right? Where, uh, you know, you start to address the position and then the urgency sets in for some of these other guys who are on the board who have offers that it does kind of go domino effect wise. Um, so, but nonetheless, you know, this position is one that everybody's watching really closely. Everybody can kind of agree needs not necessarily a depth upgrade because the numbers are fine. I think it's more of looking for talent upgrade. And, you know, you're also looking for Marcus Hagens, you know, who, who's been here since January to put his stamp on the position. I think you're starting to get some feelers maybe of, of what he's looking for. So now you go from zero to three in the span of like just over 48 hours, I think. So I know we're going to talk about each one of these guys individually, but it was a really good week in terms of getting commitments, growing the class, but also addressing that position of need. And it also seemed like these guys were on the A-list. They were the first group. They These were names that we'd been hearing for a while. There was a plan, and they executed the plan to bring these three guys in, Dusty. Yeah, and, and clearly, like, I, I think clearly they, they liked all three of these guys a lot. So, you know, just to run through a, a couple of the, the circumstances, Tyser Denmark was a really interesting one, and we were kind of watching him last weekend, which, to give you a little refresher, took a bit of a surprise visit to Penn State, uh, and later it came out that he decommitted from Oregon. So everybody was watching this kid to see – you know, to connect those dots, which they were very easy to connect, but still, you know, Penn state, uh, James Franklin and Marcus Hagan, these guys really kept working on Tysier Denmark all along. And I think all their efforts paid off and they really liked this kid. And there's a lot to like about him too, which we'll get into his, his game. But I, I think the same is true. Peter Gonzalez from uh, Pittsburgh central Catholic. He's a pretty big kid at six, two, six, three, 200 plus pounds. Uh, he's still listed as a three-star, but it just seemed like he was high on Penn State's list pretty early in the process. So he he commits, and then uh, Josiah Brown as well from uh, from New York, the number one player in New York, really quick kid. You know, this is a pretty good little collection of, of wideouts, I would say, that uh, they, their games overlap in a, in a couple of these cases, but they're also, um, they, they fit a little different profile. So it's a good collection of talent at the position. And we'll talk about it a little bit later, but I don't think they're done at wide receiver. Let's start with Tysir Denmark. Uh, for those who don't know, he recruited, uh, he committed to Oregon quite a while ago. And this was another one of those Philadelphia kids committing elsewhere. You know, you look at the top of the list of the state of Pennsylvania. He's very highly ranked within the recruits in PA. Committed to Oregon early. And it's also that old, when you're following recruiting, don't worry about what they say, watch what they do. And when a kid 
visits Penn State while he's committed to Oregon and decommits while he's visiting Penn State, that's a good sign, Dusty. Yeah, boy, this we could have done a whole read between the lines segment on, on this one. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it was one of those things, you know, it wasn't hard to see the smoke and the fire there. So it really just looked like as of last weekend, it was a matter of when and not if, uh, but it's still a great job by the Penn state staff uh, to, to not just let this go. Uh, a kid from Philadelphia that you really like, uh, to not just let him commit and, and, you know, be resigned to him going across the country. Uh, he's a, he's an interesting kid too, because he's, you know, five ten one eighty. he's not huge. Uh, but I, I, I watched his film and, you know, I said the same thing in my head as I did when I watched Jahan Dotson at Nazareth is that, okay, five ten one eighty. but he does play bigger than that. And I think with, uh, with Denmark, he's very sudden and almost, and, and basically everything that he does. So he's smooth, athletic moves real well, seems to have a good idea of how to manipulate and set up the defenders to, to beat them running routes. I, I like the package of skills to the point where you know, it, it would not surprise me if he is a year one candidate to play, depending on how this whole wide receiver depth chart shake, shakes out. Uh, I like this game, like to, you know, what he does physically. And it, it just seems like he has a good idea how to, how to play. So uh, really good addition midway through the cycle here. Uh, and even better job, I think, of, of never giving up on him. Yes, it was a great example of recruiting. It was great. The best in PA, stay in PA. That You follow that. He's a Philadelphia recruit also. Philly kid, you know how much they're emphasizing bringing in the Philly kids. It was not just the talent that you brought in with the individual. It's all those other things too, that come with it. Dusty, not to mention zero wide receivers in the room until he committed, but it wasn't too long before we get a couple more commits. Let's start with Peter Gonzalez. Who's out of the Pittsburgh area. As you mentioned, a big guy, 6'3", 200 pounds. I think he's also one of these guys where, um, I, you know, I are, always argue this both ways, the star system. Well, you know, and, and I often did it at quarterback. We're getting all these three-star kids, and I'd rather have four stars and five stars. But I think he's one of these guys they truly did want quite a bit. He's not a plan B, and he may have been dinged a bit in the – rankings because of injuries and missing a few games as a senior yeah and and those are I think we talked about this you know if you want to break down the reasons why a kid is quote-unquote only a three-star this is a good reason to only be a three-star is that you haven't really been you hadn't had a full opportunity to perform in front of these evaluator types and you know with Gonzalez you you see four-star ability I, it seems pretty obvious to me when, when you watch just when he's at his best um, because he's big, uh, he moves pretty well for that, for that size and frame. And it'll be interesting to see with a whole year yet to go. Um, how big is he when he gets there? Uh, you know, how, and you know, six, three, two, he looks like a pretty legit six, three, 200 now, but uh, controls his body really well. Um, very athletic catches everything outside of his body. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to like about him and clearly the Penn state staff liked him a lot because as you said, whether he's a three-star or four-star or whatever, 
Penn State really wanted him, and they, they went out and got him. And I think he's another kid who, like a big senior season, his, his star rating could very well change. I think so, too. And in watching him, as you said, that would, 6'3 seems legitimate. You see him on his tape, and on the tape they always kind of highlight the guy, circle him. There was no need to circle him. Yeah, I know which guy it is. It's yeah. the one who seems to be about a head taller than everybody else. That's yeah. the guy we're watching here on tape. And for those of you who are spiteful, the fact that he, I guess, is a Pitt Panther legacy, his father played for Pitt, that's not a reason to bring him <laughs> in. However, <laughs> it's just a nice little touch. It's always nice, you know, to get those best players out of Pittsburgh and bring them to State College. But if he's also a Pitt Panther legacy, that makes it just a little more fun, Dusty. Yeah, and the, the next best thing to get Nar- Narduzzi uh, signed uh, as part of your recruiting class. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to talk to the dudes about this one, see what he <laughs> thinks. Uh, but anyway, let's move on. They weren't done. They were not done with those two. Let's go to Josiah Brown. He is listed as a four-star. He's out of New York State. You always wonder a little bit. New York State does not uh, provide a lot of great high school football players, but I believe he was actually listed as the best player in New York. Uh, probably, I think he was also listed as an athlete, Dusty. Yeah, and I, I don't know um, all of his background to, to know why he's not just listed as a wide receiver, but I, it'd be surprising if he wasn't a, a wide out at the next level, let's say that. But six feet, 170, and uh, you know the, the thing that really jumped out to me, and you can – kind of chime in on this too is that uh he went from not moving or moving horizontally to upfield or that that first move he made was really fast and so i think that's the essence of his game is that stop and start kind of skill run after the catch maybe that's punt returns someday maybe that's short stuff maybe that's you know jet sweep type stuff like his skill set is is pretty clearly defined and uh, it looks like you know that the feet and how light he is and how quick he is to get up to speed uh if he's you know goes from six feet 170 to six feet and 190 i don't think he's gonna lose a whole lot of that so that's a, a really nice asset i don't know what you know in terms of 40 yard dash like you know, measurables, how he runs exactly, but it looks like it's pretty darn competitive. And that acceleration uh, should really be an asset for him in terms of run after the catch at the next level. So this is another nice get. Uh, I know, you know, New York doesn't churn out a ton of high profile prospects. So to say he's the number one kid in the state, you know, it doesn't mean a ton necessarily, but he, he's a pretty legitimate kid. And, and again, when you combine that with like the route running of Tysteer Denmark and the size of Peter Gonzalez, you have a nice assortment of, uh, of skills coming in here. We know that uh, James Franklin made this change at coach at wide receiver. It had to be about recruiting. That's what it was about. When you take a look at things, with the the prior coach gotta give kudos to marcus Hagens. this was he did his job bringing in this first three and i said they're probably not done at wide receiver yeah there there still are some some big time prospects that i think would have to be in that must take category for them and you know without knowing the situation and again we'll try to read between the lines a little bit here it's a theme for the past couple weeks is uh, I think Marcus Hagens probably brings a little bit more of that 
you know, aggressive energy uh, in terms of on the recruiting trail uh, than maybe Taylor Stubblefield did. And now it's just about, you know, they've ID'd these guys. They identified, I think they evaluated. Now we kind of wait and see whether they were right and whether, you know, how Marcus Hagens develops uh, these players over time. But uh, this, it, it looked like they were locked in on a certain group of guys. These were in the A group. Uh, they went out and got them, and now we'll just see uh, if the development matches the excitement about, about the prospects themselves. And it'll be interesting to see. We've also got that change at quarterback. Will that be part of the difference for the wide receivers having a guy with the arm that Drew Aller has? And that's and we talked about this with T Friend. His arm strength, it's not just about getting the ball deep. It's also using the entire field horizontally and vertically makes a difference. We shall see. Stick around. We got lots more of our show left, starting with quarter number two. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number two. He is Dustin Hawkinsmith. I am Jim Galante. And a little reminder for our listeners here, Dusty. Need to explain. Obviously, our listeners, they hear the golden voice of Dustin Hawkinsmith <laughs> yeah. and see how you wax poetic and are so good on the air speaking. But you are also tremendous with the written word. You're a writer, you know, with Pen Live, and you put out a very interesting article about a week or so ago. And I point people there. It's a great article. And I'd like to talk to you about it and what you did. Well, why don't you explain, Dustin, what you did with something you called the freshman classes calling cards? Yeah, I, I, I do this most years with Penn State's uh, incoming freshmen. Once the class is signed, sealed and delivered is just try to assess what the pro, what I think the primary strength is the number one 
attribute or skill or physical talent that each kid in the class brings to the table, the calling card, what, what defines their game in, in my eyes. So it's just really an excuse, I think, to go back through, rewatch their film, watch their senior film if, if I hadn't um, seen it yet, uh, and, and just kind of assess like what, what, what's the biggest thing you should know about what this kid brings to the table and, and just lay that out um, each for each kid in the class. And I, I, I think it's, I feel like it's a valuable thing. I feel like it's helpful if you don't watch their film to kind of get a profile on, on what the kid's all about. Very good. So let's get to, we're going to spend the rest of the show talking about these things. And I'm going to try to go position by position, Dusty. I want to start with the offensive line, which is really the strength of this recruiting class. I want to start with a guy that I know that you really love, and that's Alex Birchmeyer out of Virginia. Yeah, and I think right off the bat, you know, at six foot five, and I think Penn State has him around 300 pounds now. He started out um, training in space, as Phil Troutwine said, at tackle, uh, but he's going to be a guard all along the way. And, you know, that length is tremendous. Uh, I think he's going to be more than strong enough as he continues to progress in that area uh, over his career. But the the calling card I have for him is, is his wrestling skill. And I think the wrestling skill covers several bases. One is the hand fight when you're engaged in close, the just the natural feel for leverage of how to get underneath a guy or how to position your body to finish a block. You know, you can contort. And so I think he's got the feet, the feel, and the toughness and the grit uh, in addition to being a really good athlete with that, you know, really good frame uh, to, to really be a, a high level interior player. And I think, you know, call me biased because I, I enjoy the sport of wrestling. I cover the sport of wrestling, uh, but there is a lot of benefit, especially if you're an interior offensive lineman to be in a, a good wrestler. And he was a two time Virginia state champ. And I think that shows up in, in the way that he plays and, and the way that he's capable of dominating. Dustin, yeah, that's one of the things I really love to see with alignment, the wrestling ability, especially all that hand fighting that goes on in the interior of the line, as you mentioned, Uh, being a wrestler, tremendous skill, not just a wrestler, a really good wrestler. Yeah. The other very highly ranked offensive lineman coming in was uh, Javon Williams out of Wyomissing. Yeah, and he's uh, he looks like he's going to be ticketed for uh, an in- interior job at some point, but we have learned about him already through the winter. He enrolled in January and the spring that they think he can con- contribute now if, if, if he needs to. So he's in the running for that fourth offensive tackle position based out of need, and I think what you've seen from the cross-training perspective is that it, it, it's not a bad thing for even if you're going to be an interior player to learn how to play in space and to, to, to uh, you know, protect your quarterback, to block uh, guys who are a little bit faster and quicker as opposed to the, that interior fight. But I think that the preparedness for, for college, starting with the frame, starting with how athletic he is, you know, just across the board, I think he's physically and athletically capable of playing right away. And, you know, I think he's going to be in that Drew Shelton category where one injury could uh, pave the way for him to play um, as, as a true freshman. And I think the, the calling card for him is how prepared he really is. Uh, the things that you can't teach college, you know, the, the athleticism and the feet, uh, the movement skills that he's got. 
and I think that size um, as well. So I, I think he he's a guy that maybe burns his redshirt for his his redshirt in year one. He, he looks plenty capable of doing that. The one thing to be aware of with him was that in high school he played on an offense that ran the ball and ran the ball and ran the ball. So it will will he be ready with his pass protection skills? Another reason why it's wonderful when these kids get can get there in the spring. Um, Dustin, next up, the guy I want to bring up, Anthony Donka, who he's a big kid, 6'5", 325, and he's probably been overshadowed by the other two. But I think the coaches are well aware of him. Well, at that size, it's hard to hide at anybody's shadow. <laughs> but... But yeah, I, I think he was he was a guy that uh, was more lightly recruited, obviously, than Alex Birchmeyer and Javen Williams, who as a one-two punch, I think I've said this before, are as good as Penn State has done under James Franklin um, in a recruiting class. Uh, but I think they, they updated heights and weights. I think they have him in the 330 or 335 range now. He is massive yes. and his shoulders are huge. Uh, he he's ticketed for an interior job, which, you know, listen to all three of these guys uh, in, in the offensive line class all look like they're better suited for inside jobs than, than outside, which kind of explains why in 2024 and 25, they, they're uh, a little heavier on the, the tackles, but he, he just has that frame that you cannot teach. And uh, the, the calling card I have for him is, is just power because once he, commits to blocking you or gets his hands on you or even just one arm on linebackers and safeties, those guys go flying. Like it's actually pretty hilarious in his video, how far guys are going backwards when he gets his hands on. So that, that frame, which I think, you know, like I don't think you ever want him in that 350 range or whatever, but he looks like he could carry it just fine because he is so big and broad shouldered, but the power that he's got, like, it's not good. It's not going to be good enough on its own at the next level because guys are going to be so much bigger and stronger than he's used to. But it's a really good start, and it seems like he's off to a positive start in terms of developing the technique and stuff to go with it. As they say, Dustin, once he's got you blocked, you stay blocked, right? Yeah, that, that's a hundred percent it. If you're still on the playing field, <laughs> <laughs> he is listed at three thirty-five already for a true freshman. Good size, like you said. You know, there's a chance he could carry like 350 also. And the final guy to cover is also one who just recently um, made it on campus. Chimney Ono, he's listed as a tackle. And they even mention his name as part of the reason why they moved Birchmeyer back from tackle after getting some experience there to interior line. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think Ono is ticketed to play in year one or anything, but I think in terms of the numbers, it just made sense for Birchmeyer to work at tackle, can benefit his game, and it can benefit the program in terms of how they are able to rotate guys with him working there. But, you know, James Franklin said it himself, I think, to, to get this kid late in the cycle, uh, he called him a high upside guy. He just, he's, he's 6'5", 270. And just a really athletic, just a good looking 6'5", 270, well distributed, good athlete. I mean, I, I think, you know, and I, I listed his calling card as an NFL frame. You know, I, I can see him being 6'5", 300 pounds, no problem, and still looking and moving very, very well. So there's a lot of, you know, holes to fill in between now and then. But again, 
unteachable stuff. He he's got it with that frame. He moves light. He's light on his feet. I I, I agree with James Franklin's assessment that he has an NFL ceiling. It's just about you know coaching him up and making sure that he's you know his technique matches the frame. Okay, Dusty. Let's hit the running backs. Let's start with London Montgomery out of Scranton Prep. He looked like he was ready to have a huge senior year. Cut down by injury, though. Yeah, and I, I, I have the as, as a calling card for him, and I, I was actually glad to go back. He was high on my list of players that I, I'm, I'm happy I rewatched their film because uh, the production was there at Scranton Prep, certainly as a junior before the injury, as a senior. Uh, but the thing that really jumped out to me is that he wasn't making jump cuts and things like that. But whenever he changed directions, uh, it was subtle and it was fast. And so I think that's something that can help him a lot, especially when he gets to the next level or gets on the perimeter. Being able to change his trajectory and being able to shift his weight without losing a step at all, I think is going to help him play faster than even he is. So I think he looks like his speed's fine. But as I watched him again, I think it was easier to get excited about his future. It was easy to forget about him a little bit because you didn't see him uh, as a senior. But I like that skill of being able to make a smooth cut without losing any speed. I think that's a pretty special skill. And I, he's not the last guy we're going to talk about having an injury issue late in their high school uh, career, which I think causes them to be underrated. Let's go to the other running back that came in uh, kind of late in the recruiting process, and that was Cameron Wallace. He's from Georgia, uh, listed at 5'9", 175. Yeah, I, I have to go back. To, I don't know if his his uh, weight changed at all whenever Penn State updated last week. Uh, looks like you're checking into that. But, you know, you think about and, and I don't know – that he is a blazer. Like when, when I see that size, I think, oh, he's got to be really fast. But I don't think he's he's all that fast. I don't think he's all that sudden. He's not a, a big kid or anything, but he just looks like he knows how to navigate traffic, uh, get behind those big bodies and and lose, you know, be lost to defenders. So I, I, I like that ability in the open field on the perimeter. Uh, it's something that we talked about before in terms of being able to complement uh, Penn State's current running backs. And we were talking about that before, by the way, in the context of they didn't have a number three, but then Trey Potts comes in there. So I don't think Cameron Wallace is going to be asked to deliver anything in year one, but he does bring something different. He's smaller. Um, I think he, he can slip behind blockers. He can slip through creases. I think he uses that relative lack of size to his advantage. Uh, and and I, don't, I don't think it's a, it's a deterrent. I think being on the small side actually serves him pretty well. And you are right. I did take a look, Dusty. He's now listed at 184. So when you're only 5'9 and 175, putting on that 9 or 10 pounds, that's significant, huge. you know. Yeah, it's, it's yes. huge. You, you, you got to be able to stay on the playing field. And being 175 pounds at the Big Ten level and 5'9", probably wasn't going to get that done. So maybe he's 190 or so uh, before too long. Uh, he's not. He's not that big, obviously. He's not ridiculously fast so his game's going to depend on on being pretty durable too very good dusty that's it for quarter two we've got a whole lot more to go a lot more freshmen to talk about their calling cards stay tuned 
Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante. He is Dustin Hawkinsmith, quarter three. We are talking about the freshman class, the class of 23. And Dustin put out an article on Penn Live a week or so ago. Check it out. You will enjoy it. Talking about the calling card for each member of the freshman class. We went through the offensive linemen. We went through the running backs. Let's go to the always interesting, the quarterback. And Jackson Smolik was not their first choice. We remember that whole recruiting process, hearing the different names, getting the decommit. And they ended up with Jackson Smolik out of Iowa. What's his calling card, Dusty? Well, he's he's not a huge guy, and uh, you're not talking about the biggest arm in the world or anything like that. So he's gonna have to rely on his feel and his instinct to to really get the job done. And the good news is, I think he's he checks a lot of boxes in that category. He just seems to know and have a feel for the position where guys are going to be, when to move to those right, when to step up in the pocket uh, and those types of things. How, you know, what trajectory the ball needs to be on in order to get over a defender or around a defender. I think all those things are just so hard to quantify and especially in the recruiting process and in the, in the draft process, whenever guys are leaving college, uh, he seems like he's pretty good in, in those categories. So, you know, I think, you know, the, the thing that, that really jumped out to me though, is like, okay, that's great to have that, that sort of sixth sense for the position. Now you're going to have to learn and process a lot more information to make sure that you're still a step ahead of coordinators and defenders. So I think he's going to take a little bit of time to marinate. Uh, behind uh, Drew Aller, behind Bo Perbola, 
He's the only other quarterback on the roster, so he's going to get some quality reps in practice. But uh, he, I just, I just like his feel for the position. So the calling card, as I, as I put it, was was that instinct. I think he he's a quarterback through and through. He's not just a thrower. I think he knows and processes and 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 plays the position with instincts. And that I think is a very underrated trait with quarterbacks because it's harder to quantify. Again, we could see how big Drew Aller is. We could see how big his arm is. So it's that's the question. Does he have all those instincts and so on? So that's a trait important to quarterbacks. Do they have a feel for the position? Let's go to tight end, where at one point there were three of them, Dusty. Now, now we're at two. Let's start with a guy that a lot of us really like, and that's Andy Andrew Rappelier, um, out of Massachusetts. Gee, stop me if you've heard this before. Tight end out of New England. He's already listed Dusty at 6'4", 253. Pretty good size. Yeah, and it wasn't that long when he was 6'4", 215. You know, when, when it, on his recruiting profile. So he has clearly gotten to work to make sure he's as ready as ready can be when he, whenever training camp begins uh, here in, in August. But for me, I mean... I think he can draw comparisons to Pat Fryermuth, but I think he's more sudden. I think his feet are a little bit better. So to me, the the route running component of that is that he is pretty explosive in and out of breaks, plant, drive, get up field, make a cut, whatever the case might be. Uh, I, I think he, he moves very, very well. Uh, especially at that size, I'll be curious to see as he's now, you know, almost forty pounds heavier than than probably he was in his film. How much, you know, that movement might have changed or whatever. But his feet are very, very good. His frame is up to par. I really feel like he could make a run at that number three tight end job. He is somebody that's going to be a factor in that race. Khalil Dinkins is going to have two seasons of experience on him, but I think Rappelier. Uh, is definitely somebody to watch. He might be so good and good enough that you have to use him in some capacity. Like, I think he might be in that category of kid. You beat me to the punch there with your answer. I was going to ask you if you thought there's going to be an opportunity there at tight end because they've been using three tight ends. One of them moved on, Brenton Strange. Two left. That third tight end position is open. Who, Who would it be? Now, the other tight end is Joey Schlaffer. He's listed now at 6'5", 230, Dusty. Yeah, and and I think there's still going to – he's a little bit on – he was on the lanky side coming out. I don't know that he's he's somebody that you're going to look for in year one. But I like when the ball is in his hands, you can see his experience and his comfort and his feel. Uh, He is a – a difficult man to, to catch. And I think that's something that could be interesting and, and could be used in the short game, the intermediate game. I think he could be a guy who, who runs after the catch very, very well uh, because of that history where he was playing the quarterback spot. You saw him get a lot of, um, a lot of direct snap type stuff. I think that's a legitimate skill of his. that's going to translate at the next level is his ability to run with the ball in his hands. Very good. Last guy on the offense, I believe, is Carmelo Taylor, the one wide receiver that they brought in last season, Dusty. 
Yeah, and I, and I I look at him and see not I don't think you he's that human joystick type guy, but he uh, maintains a very good sense of balance, and I think that that calling card for me is, is balance, and that could be slants, that can be coming out of the slot, but to me, like I think there was a reason that his film featured a lot of special teams and punt return. Uh, in, in in the early part of it, I think that's something that could that that could be a niche for him at the next level. I'm not sure if I see uh, top four, top five wide receiver for a prolonged stretch in Penn State's offense, but I see somebody who could maybe fill that niche uh, in the return game and maybe make some contribution um, in the offense as well. That's the that's the way that I saw uh, the film is that he he looks like he could be a very good return guy. And Dusty, it would be nice if you only get one wide receiver in the class that he's able to make a contribution. Okay. Uh, It would be nice to see. Let's go over to the defensive side of the ball. Just like an offense, a lot of exciting players. I'm going to start my favorite area with this recruiting class. And that's linebacker dusty. And let's start with the name that we keep hearing over and over again in the spring. That's Tony Rojas, the linebacker out of Virginia. Yeah, and you you knew it like his calling card was not a secret to anybody. He was he was on the light side, but his speed, uh, his speed has always been special. And so now I think he's even added more weight in the latest roster update. His ability to 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 add strength and add weight and and make sure that he was a factor right out of the gates has been really, really impressive. And it's probably indicative of, uh, of his football character is that he got to work and, and he worked the right way. And he, he was determined to get on the field. So the speed is the calling card. And I think just the way that he uses the speed, like he looks fast, he runs fast. And I think as he gets his legs under him and gets some more repetitions, it looks like he just knows the game enough that he's going to be able to play that fast too, which isn't always a given. It's one thing to to be able to run fast in a straight line at the linebacker spot. He plays as fast as he looks. And I think that's a big compliment to him as a football player. Uh, They have him listed at 225, Dusty. And I feel always obligated to mention this when we're talking about speed and defense. Manny Diaz's name because Manny Diaz will find a way to use that talent. He will find a way. I I can see Tony Rojas just screaming off the edge on, on, on blitzes or, you know, or or a delayed blitz where um, he comes up the middle or something. There are ways that you're able to kind of use that. Uh, Not to mention the fact that, you know, in coverage and things like that, he's going to give Manny Diaz a lot of options. And like I said, I think he plays with aggression too. Like he's not a finesse player just because he's fast doesn't mean he's not physical. And I think that's one of the things that, that stands out about his game. He's a pretty complete player, especially now at 225, where you can see that size holding up at the big 10 level. Now the other linebacker that's starting to make a name for himself is Tamir Robinson uh, out of the Pittsburgh area. And he's that other guy I alluded to injury issues a year ago. I was really surprised that we saw him in the blue white game, Dusty. And if you go by, you know, Manny Diaz mentioning his name, he might play this first year. 
Yeah, and I think it's worth reiterating. Um, I think I said it in this space before, is that when you hear serious knee injury, and I'm not sure what exactly he tore ACL, MCL, um, but I think that the days are over where you can assume that it's going to be a year or 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 more that he's going to need to rehab. I think that process has gotten faster in general, especially for high school kids who, um, who are going to recover a lot faster. But anyway, I think when, when you're talking about, so six, three, two he is huge and his background's unique. Uh, I, I believe he was a safety at one point in his varsity career. He was an edge rusher more often than not. And now it looks like he's going to be ticketed for middle linebacker. He is a different caliber of athlete. No disrespect to Tyler Elson and Kobe King. He's a different caliber of athlete than those guys are. And he, explosion is, is the, what I put as his calling card. He is everything he does fast, aggressive, physical. Um, and I think you just, you, you just see that athletic edge. Now, you know, experience means more at middle linebacker than it does a lot of other positions because you're going to be asked to make the calls and things like that. So he's going to have to grow into that. But I think he, again, he's such a good athlete that uh, he's in that conversation right away. He doesn't have to be your starter at middle linebacker. You don't have to use him in a way that he's not comfortable as a freshman, but uh, he's too good of an athlete to keep off the field, it looks like. And he was playing safety in high school. Oh my goodness! I I don't want to be a receiver out there who who God gets hit no. by this guy. Um, lost in the shuffle at linebacker is Kavion Keys. He was a late commit, and I think just got overshadowed by the other two. Dusty. He was a really he was a rich got richer kind of guy where it's like we don't even need another linebacker, but sure we'll take another four star. That that was the Kavion Keys first impression, but. Uh, he looks like he's a pretty legit six three, and you know I was a little it was a little troublesome to see that Penn State had him listed at one ninety five to start, but I think they've got him now at more like two ten on the roster. Which now you're now you're starting to talk a little bit more. So I think his length and his ability to erase, uh, he moves very well. He's he's a pretty slender guy, so I'll be interested to see how much bigger and stronger he can get. But that length and athletic profile, it's a nice combination when you're going to ask him, presumably, to do more playing in space than you are asking him to play in the box. I think he's overshadowed a bit, but that skill set, it it just kind of strikes me as a multi-year starter type skill set for him. I don't think he's, I don't think 2023 is a year, but 24 and beyond. He's listed actually at 214 now on the latest roster, Dusty. 19 and pounds, Jim, said, 19 pounds since he got there. Rich getting richer. Are we turning into linebacker you again here, Dusty? It appears sure so. Sure looks like it. Sure looks like it. It, it really does, and that, that's a nice calling card in general for, for a defense to be called linebacker you. All right, Dusty, we still have several players to go. We're going to hit them in quarter number four. Hey guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new Coffee Barbecue Dry Rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. 
You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. We head to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the fourth and final quarter. He's Dusty. I'm Jim. We are going over Dustin's article about his calling card for each one of the freshmen in the class of 23. They're all on campus. They've all been putting on some weight, getting bigger, stronger, which is important. Let's hit Dusty, the defensive line. Let's start with Tyreek Blanding. He is out of New York also, defensive lineman. Yeah, I, I James Franklin went out of his way National Signing Day in December to to call him underrated, and I think just from a size perspective, he was listed at one. He was listed at two seventy five. Um, Penn State listed him at first at two sixty five and six one. So now they got him at two seventy six. So now we're 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 kind of talking about uh, in being in the right realm at defensive tackle. But his first step and his ability to stay low and explosive. You know, I think if, if, if he's going to continue being undersized, that's going to serve him well. So he's quick off the ball and he's quick and, and he stays low when he does it. So, you know, low man wins. He's able to get a step and stay low. That's a pretty good core set of skills for him. Now, he's probably going to be a defensive tackle. Let's talk about the defensive ends or at least ones listed that way. Let's start with Joseph McPoy. He is, a, as I said, defensive end out of Connecticut. Yeah, and and I'm I might be presuming here, but to me he just he just looked like a defensive tackle to me. Six five two forty looked like there's a lot of room for him to grow into that frame. Still, uh, he's listed out six five two fifty three. He's a pretty big kid right off the bat, but I think you know that his, his dimensions aren't they, they don't necessarily turn your head and say oh he's going to be a defensive tackle. But it looks like just the way that he plays with power, he can be a big, strong defensive end who can set the edge and can, and can kind of bull rush from there. Or I think he could be a defensive tackle if he grows into that. And I don't think he's that far, you know, six, five, two can turn into six, five, two pretty quick. And now you're right in that conversation. Um, so he's, he's one position flexibility is the calling card I got for him. He can be a mismatch one way or the other, but he's, he's definitely in terms of defensive ends, the guy that I look at and say, okay, in two years, we might be having a different conversation about him. Okay. Next up, Mason Robinson, uh, six, four, two thirty. What are your thoughts on him? Uh, the, the calling card I got is the way that he finishes plays, uh, kind of like, you know, shot like a cannonball through a hole. So whether that, I think there's some physical, 
um, ability to that and, and, and speed and closing speed is something that is there. But I think just in terms of his motor, uh, he just finishes with a bang. So I think whenever he identifies a ball carrier or quarterback, uh, once he, once that player's in the crosshairs, Mason Robinson is very quick to finish the play. Okay, and one more DM. That's Jamel Lyons out of Roman Catholic. The the more I watched him, the more I actually started to really, really like uh, Jamil Lyons. He is 6'4". I think they've got him in the 255 range. Oh, they got a 6'5", 242 uh, as a defensive end. I think that's a pretty good place for him to start. Like, I think he is college ready uh, in terms of his frame. And and I like how aggressively uh, he played um, sense of purpose. I had as his calling card. Like he just, whatever his assignment was, he got after it. So I think that has to do with his motor, but I really like his frame too. I think he's, he, he's going to need to add some polish. He's going to need to add some more to his pass rush repertoire, and he's going to have to uh, improve his technique a bit. But in terms of his frame and and being relentless, uh, those are things that he's got going for him now. If he's able to learn on the job under Deion Barnes, I think we can make, see him making a pretty big impact on the road. Okay, Dusty, no offense to the defensive lineman. I know I kind of rushed through them because I wanted to make sure there was enough time for some of these defensive backs who I love, okay? I love some of these guys. Want to hear your take on them. Let me start with King Mac. First of all, five-star name. Oh, and yeah. they list him as safety out of Florida. He's a guy I'm excited to see play. Yeah, they, they've got him at 5'10", 190 now. I, I think they, they ha- he was in the 5'10", 175 range. So I think you're talking about uh, more college ready. And I, I love the, the name just seems to – that's an NFL name right there. Um, but he is a track star, so you know straight line speed. He is, he's kind of got that athletic swagger. He's explosive, wildly explosive was the calling card. And that was the only time that I didn't use my own words because those are words <laughs> from Chuck Losey about King Mac. And that was the first impression of him, wildly explosive. So when you have track speed, like Florida State champ track speed, and you are called wildly explosive, you know, like I think he's still on the, on the small side, and that's why we saw him more as a four star and not a five star. Uh, is that he's not the biggest guy in the world, but you know that's a pretty nice combination that can maybe lend itself to making some contribution in year one. I think in terms of depth, they don't need a, a safety to emerge as a starter type or even a a top four uh, safety on, on their depth chart. But I think King Mac can make some contributions. Well, I don't know whether that's, you know, in sub packages or special teams or whatever. You know, it's going to be hard to keep that wildly explosive skill set off the field. Here's the other guy at safety that I think can be special, and that's Dakari Nelson, who they now list Dusty at 6'3", 217 pounds. That is nice size for a safety. I would say so. And and I think um, you wonder whenever you see his frame, you know, uh, is he going to be a linebacker someday? Or is he going to be this? Or is he, you know, can he hold up at safety? I think he's more than fine. I think he moves well enough. And I think that that length, again, 6'3 is huge. Uh, 217 is huge at, at safety. But the thing that I, that stood out when I watched him were just ball skills. And whenever the ball is in the air, uh, whether that's a mindset thing or whether that's a hands thing, he just looks like he's the intended receiver. Uh, 
So if you have that length and you have those ball skills, that can be a pretty special combination down the road too. So I, I like him at safety. I like how different he is, how differently built he is, especially in contrast to King Mac. Uh, so I, I love Dakari Nelson, uh, you know, coming from Alabama, being that big guy uh, who just looks like he it can be an interception machine. And I, I would have just assumed at 6'3", you would have used length as his calling card. So if guy has that length and ball skills, I like that combination, Dusty. And as you said, with King Mac, they really would probably complement each other as two safeties. And yeah, it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Danny DeVito from <laughs> Twins back there. <laughs> All right, let's move on. How about Elliot Washington? Um, they have him listed currently as a cornerback, 5'11", 192. Also another one of these guys out of Florida. Yeah, so... Uh... I, you know, I, I like the versatility. I think, that, you know, 5'11", 192 is a very versatile frame. And I think his game kind of lends itself to that too. But cornerback is where they like him. May You know, we've seen guys start at cornerback before. I would imagine 5'11", 192 is probably pretty close to where Keaton Ellis began his career as a cornerback. And I think that he's going to blur the lines because he's going to be able to do a lot of things really, really well. And uh, I was talking to Bob Flounders, uh, our our good buddy. Uh, we did a podcast for Penn Live last week, and I expressed a little bit of um, concern, I guess, at the depth at cornerback. And I think, and and his point was, look, they wouldn't have sto- told Storm Duck that they were all set at corner if they didn't feel really good about one or two of these young guys. And I think Elliot Washington is at the top of that list. Where okay, they've got a tendency to play true freshmen at cornerback especially with, you know, guys that are 5'11", 192 and are very, very athletic. So that's Elliot Washington there. So I think his size was the calling card for me because it's pretty much exactly what you want in this day and age. 5'11", 192 is almost perfect uh, when you move really well to play cornerback and or safety at the next level. Uh, and he's going to make his contributions at corner. And I think there's a pretty good chance we see him burn his red shirt in year one. And at defensive back, it looks like they're ready to initiate that next generation. You know the people, the names of Kalen King and Johnny Dixon, Keaton Ellis. These are guys who are going to move on who are going to be the next it guys back there. And I think there are several candidates here. Let's stay at cornerback and let's go with (laughs) Zion Tracy out of St. Thomas More in Connecticut. Yeah, he's uh, he's got. I, I didn't know a ton uh, about him. Um, he's listed at 5'11", 182. Uh, I think in terms of these cornerbacks, uh, he's third on the list behind Elliot Washington and Lamont Payne, who we'll we'll talk about um, here shortly. But I really like the physical edge that he played with, and I think you always need a guy like that. Um, especially if you're going to ask him to press, if you're going to ask him to, to get after it, he's not going to be afraid. And I think everything he does in terms of his tackling ability and, and uh, getting his hands on wide receivers, he's a really physical guy. And I think, um, you know, we saw that at, at St. Thomas Moore as both a cornerback and a wide receiver. Um, I think at cornerback, he's, he's a player that you can expect to, to maybe mix it up. Uh, right off the line of scrimmage, you're going to have to do something, you know, pretty special to beat him off the punch. Okay, and finally, the aforementioned Lamont Payne, um, a Pennsylvania kid with good size, six foot, one ninety-seven. 
Yeah, and you know, Lamont Payne, I think probably, you know, as I went and rewatched 22 guys in their film from their high school careers, I don't think there was a more pleasant surprise to me than Lamont Payne, you know, from Chartier's Valley. You know, that size is impressive. Um, The thing that really stood out to me, though, is that his hips and his feet are kind of exactly what you want at cornerback. His ability to backpedal, plant, drive, move forward, whether that's to take care of a, you know, a short route in front of him or that's to respond to you know, a move that a wide receiver is making. He looks like he's going to do very, very well at mirroring what opposing wide receivers are doing. He was a better player than in my head I was giving him credit for. And if you're going to have a player like him be a pleasant surprise, like if that's happening for the coaching staff as well, you know, the, the cornerback depth chart is going to be in pretty good hands. If, if Elliot Washington is a, as good as advertised and Lamont Payne at least, look, you know, performs as well as he looked on film to me, that's a pretty good couple cornerbacks in this class. And we, I think we all know that, you know, Terry Smith has developed this position extremely well. I think Lamont Payne brings those raw tools to the equation, things that you can't teach. I think those are things that, you know, Kalen King, for example, is not going to wow you with his frame. But he is a cornerback through and through. I think Lamont Payne's got some of that, too. I think the way that he moves backpedal, hips, and feet are all very, very good, for, especially for that size. Very good, Dusty. We got through all of them. We did. And, you know what? You know, uh, I don't think that you're going to see that same impact as we did with the class of 22 with those really, really high-end players. But there's a lot to be excited about. A lot of individuals I, I think can hit the field as true freshmen. It'll be fun to watch these guys. All right, Dusty, that's it. We're out of time. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love.